This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Jeff Halley, Asia Pacific senior market analyst. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, yep, glad to see the end of the week, as I'm sure most of our listeners are. Indeed, although it has been a short week here in the UK. Let's start with the latest from the markets, Jeff. And they've fallen today, and that mainly due to comments from US Fed man Jay Powell. Yeah, so we had a, a few speakers last night, but Powell carried the most weight, being the chairman. We had Mary Daly uh, talking half percent rate hikes again. James Bullard, who sent stock markets down earlier in the week by suggesting 75 basis point hikes and a higher terminal rate. He was also on the wires batting the same drum overnight. But then Jerome Powell was also quite hawkish and didn't rule out a 50 basis point rate hike uh, in, the, in the May meeting. And the markets have quickly uh, moved to price in three consecutive Uh, rate hikes of 50 basis points now in May, June and July. There had been some sort of relief rally earlier in the day in New York and indeed even the US dollar had retreated as well. But those comments from Powell pretty much put a brick wall up on that and uh, we saw um, equity markets very quickly uh, turn south and in particular the Nasdaq fell well over 2%. Uh, That sentiment has flowed through to Asia today which is always a little risk averse going into the weekend anyway, around event risk in the weekend. But also we've seen more, I guess, or a lack of progress from China regarding stimulus. We've seen a few more little uh, messing around on the sidelines sort of measures from the PBOC today. China equity markets and the Chinese yuan have fallen quite heavily uh, over the last 24 hours. And a lot of that is down to the fact that uh, China is so reluctant to indulge in one of these big stimulus measures to halt slowing growth that they've done in the past. Generally across Asia, we're seeing uh, fairly weak markets today, particularly in the retail-driven ones such as uh, South Korea, Taipei, Japan, and also Australia. And weakness as well for Asian currencies. And there hasn't been much support there from central banks, has there? No, it's interesting that uh, it's being led by the uh, Chinese yuan, the offshore and onshore uh, yuans, in fact, have uh, retreated quite sharply this week. Now, I think I've mentioned previously that both dollar yuan onshore and offshore, they're separate currencies. I won't go into the details of how the whole thing works, but they were both approaching one-year resistance lines, and they've broken through those in the early part of uh, this week. And then they've accelerated, dollar yuan has accelerated higher uh, this week after that occurred. We've also seen a couple of very weak yuan, uh, dollar yuan fixings from the People's Bank of China. And my impression now is that rather than actually indulging in stimulus measures of a broader nature in the mainland, what the PBOC may be trying to do is now really weaken the yuan to support the export sector how long they can get away with that uh, without upsetting uh, the Americans and the uh, Europeans uh, is open to some conjecture. But that's definitely flowed through into weaker Asian currencies this week, particularly the Malaysian ringgit, the Korean won, the Thai baht, Singapore dollar even, have all fallen quite heavily uh, this week. And I think part of this is because 
yields keep rising in the United States and they're not rising in Asia, and also fears that we're going to see some spillover to slowing China growth. And you were telling me off air, Jeff, that uh, we've got a Fed blackout on its way, uh, which will mean no comments from Messrs Powell and Bullard. What is the history behind this blackout and uh, what implications will it have? The Federal Reserve has a communication policy where basically Fed officials stop talking. I think it's from the Saturday before the previous weekend of the next meeting. I I looked at it today and and made my head hurt. But um, needless to say, uh, for our our, our listeners' benefit, the blackout, the pre-meeting blackout starts from Saturday morning, so tomorrow our time and they won't make any comments until a few days after the FOMC rate decision which is early in May. Uh, This is a standard policy that they have uh, ahead of uh, every FOMC uh, meeting and hence we probably saw a flurry of comments last night. Because the stock markets have fallen on hawkish rhetoric or hawkish uh, comments from uh, Federal Reserve officials this week. It's been the main driver of the equity sell-off and the rise in US bond yields and also uh, more of the dollar rally. Without any Fed officials making any comments, that does leave room, I believe, for potentially a corrective rally in equities uh, next week and potentially also because the dollar is looking quite overbought at the moment we could see the US dollar edge lower as well. As for bond yields I I wouldn't hesitate to take a a guess at that at the moment they're so choppy but certainly I think uh, we could see some counter trend movements next week across some asset classes. Now Jeff the big geopolitical event over the next uh, few days will be the French election result. Now, it looked at one point as if Marine Le Pen was closing the gap on uh, President Macron. They had their TV debate the other day. I I watched a bit of that indeed, and uh, quite interesting. Um, But it looks as if that gap has now widened and Macron is set for another term in office. Well, if if Miss Le Pen had been elected, it probably would have been a bigger schism to the European Union than Brexit. Uh, it would have changed the nature of the European Union forever. So certainly there's been uh, some support coming into the euro uh, in Asia today and uh, options volatility rates have fallen quite sharply for Monday maturities as well, so the other side of this weekend, because that lead by President Macron is widening out. It has been yet another headwind for the euro over the last uh, couple of weeks and it has plenty I think the big risk here afterwards is that, depending on how the the Ukraine war progresses, but there seems to be some increasing noise now in the markets that the European Union and Germany in particular are getting more serious about uh, further sanctions on uh, imported Russian energy, uh, particularly gas and oil, of course. Maybe with Mr Macron re-elected to the top job, that may move forward. I think that will be another headwind for the euro in the week ahead and is probably one reason why oil prices are holding up quite well at these levels, despite nerves about US and China growth. What else should we look out for in the next week or so as far as the data is concerned, Jeff? Yeah, look, uh, the the week has definitely got a, you know, a fairly constant procession of data releases next week. They're mostly tier two. We do have the German IFO number coming out on Monday. That's probably got downside 
risking it. That's a business climate sentiment index. Uh, we've got durable goods from the United States on, on Tuesday. Australian inflation should be good for some volatility because if it's a high print, that may increase the pressure on the Reserve Bank of Australia to finally start bringing rate hikes forward. But I think most of the action is going to be around uh, uh, Friday. Uh, we have uh, European uh, Eurozone uh, GDP and inflation. For obvious reasons, GDP has downside risks and inflation has upside risks. We also have German GDP for the, much the same reasons as well. But we also have uh, US PCE price index, so the personal consumption expenditure price indexes and personal income and expenditure. Now, that data, I think, will be the highlight for the week for most uh, uh, markets. It's a very closely watched measure by the Federal Reserve. If those numbers come out on the high side, that will pretty much lock and load a series of 50 basis point rate hikes, I believe, and, and could boost the US dollar once again. We also have sneaking in on Friday, the first of the China um, end of month uh, purchasing manager index uh, measures, the Kaizen uh, manufacturing PMI, and then they release their official PMIs on Saturday. China does have a habit of actually putting pretty big data releases out over the weekend, perhaps so that nobody notices. I don't know, but anyway, we've definitely got some downside risks to the PMIs in China and that could weigh even more on Chinese equities and Asian equities and Asian currencies in general. OK, Jeff, have a fabulous weekend and we'll speak to you again on Monday. Always a pleasure, Johnny. Take care, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.